0: From the East Coast to the West Coast and to listeners around the world, welcome to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. We're broadcasting on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com and their affiliate stations. Also, don't forget you can always learn more about our show And find podcasts posted at truthseekersradioshow.com Today my guest is Christopher Johnson He's the founder of Creation Liberty Evangelism And we're going to discuss Halloween Is it just a harmless night of scary fun? But before I introduce Christopher First I'd like to tell you a story And some of you may have heard part of this before It goes something like this. Nearly 15 years ago, I took a job testing software. This was around the year 2000 or so. And I was so bored after I started this job that I was ready to quit about after one week. And I tried to quit a couple times, but my boss asked me would I stay on just a little while longer because they were getting ready to launch a new software program and they really needed me so he asked me to stay on until the launch was over and I agreed well in this particular office in which I worked the employees were allowed to listen to music or whatever they pretty much wanted to on the internet to kind of help break up the monotony so one day I stumbled onto a program and it was Dr. Stan Monteith's Radio Liberty Program. And when I first heard this program, I really couldn't believe what I was hearing. From that day on, I continued to listen to Dr. Stan as he interviewed interesting guests and he opened my eyes as to what was not only going on in the world as we know it, but the spiritual battle in which we're fighting. And... By the time you hear this pre-recorded program, Dr. Stan will have been gone for about two weeks. He just passed away earlier this week. But what I wanted you to know is that he inspired me to start the Truth Seekers radio show. And I know that many of you knew him because his program ran at least six days a week on Liberty Works Radio Network. And I will miss his voice, and I just wanted to say I'm grateful that I stuck with that job way back when because that's how I was fortunate uh, fortunate enough to hear Dr. Stan Monteith and the important work and the, the important information that he shared all those years with his listeners. And I'm grateful that he opened my eyes to the truth about what's really going on in our world. And now I'd like to introduce my guest, Christopher Johnson. Again, he's the founder of Creation Liberty Evangelism. And in 2009, he started his evangelistic ministry in order to teach the truth of God's word and science. His wife, Lorraine, also helps him with the ministry. And you can find out more about Christopher and his ministry at www.creationliberty.com. So if you'll help me uh, welcome my guest today, Christopher Johnson of Creation Liberty Evangelism. How are you doing today, Chris?
1: Wonderful. I really appreciate you having me again.
0: Thanks for coming on. I think this is your third time with us, and we enjoy it every single time. So we're talking about Halloween today. Now, Chris, when did you first become aware? When did you start uh second-thinking Halloween, and maybe that it just wasn't a harmless night of scary fun and pranks.
1: Yeah, and that's what you're saying is kind of was my position on this for many years growing up. You know, I just thought it was just kind of this fun thing people did. Even though, you know, after growing up from being a kid and, you know, I became a teenager and all that, I never really got involved in it much um, at all. But there was a certain point that a friend of mine had handed me a, a, a local bulletin that had been published by a church out here. And the church was saying the following. I'll, I'll quote you from this uh, bulletin, and it says, uh, "Some of you may not know the history behind this fall holiday, and may be opposed to how our society has turned it into something ugly, mean, and scary. I think we should reclaim it for God." Uh, that would be end quote on that. This um, this pastor up of a church over here is trying to say that this Halloween was once a godly holiday and and you know society's just turned into a scary thing but we're going to reclaim it again (laughs) this is one of the most preposterous things i had ever heard and when i saw that i said i have got to write something on this because this guy has no idea what he's talking about uh and you know hebrews chapter five it tells us uh that strong meat belong to them that are of full age even those by uh, use of reason have have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil now a lot of people you know we're born again christians we think okay, now that I'm born again, I have all discernment. Wait, the Bible says we're supposed to exercise discernment, and we're supposed to study the Word of God to gain that discernment. And this guy had no discernment about this, and I wonder where he was pulling this information from. Well, as I began to read this bulletin, I found out he's pulling it from a tract that uh, has some very uh, heavy Catholic origins to it, and uh, that are trying to make it seem like Catholicism and Christianity are the same thing.
0: Now, Chris... As far as um, the Christian church, I've noticed that a lot of them are doing sort of a counter celebration or what I call like an alternative to the Halloween celebrations that go on in the secular world. I've heard them called such things such as Hallelujah Night or Harvest Festival or something like that. In your opinion, is there anything wrong with these alternative or counter celebrations?
1: Well, even the church that uh, I was just referring to, the pastor of this church, they were carving, calling theirs a harvest festival. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And yes, there is a lot of harm to these things, only because if we're going to, first of all, I guess if we're going to learn the ways of the heathen, we're going a, a, you know, directly against what the Bible tells us. In Jeremiah chapter 10 when it says learn not the way of the heathen now the problem is they said well we're going to change it well now I have to come back to a point that Jesus Christ made very clearly in Matthew chapter 7 where I thought we couldn't get good fruit out of an evil tree uh, this was born of an evil tree and now we're thinking oh well we're going to change it and make it and, and make get better fruit out of it this is where I tried to explain to people uh, for example in our in a Christmas article which is another uh, article we have on our website at uh, creationliver.com you can go uh, check that out. But uh, then I, I try to give the example. If you have a satanic altar uh, laid out somewhere, it's got goat heads and, and pentagrams and all sorts of stuff on it, and you put an I Heart Jesus bumper sticker on it, does that automatically make it good because you put an I Heart Jesus sticker on it? No. And there, there again, that's what I'm trying to explain to people. You can't just slap a Jesus label so, on something and call it good. I guess to extend a little bit further what I was mentioning earlier, and I guess to give a foundation of this an example of of why where this is coming from the this this tract that I was referring to in a bulletin this guy was talking about it says um quote a long time ago, Christians decided to celebrate All Saints Day on November first every year end quote now this I laugh at immediately because it's like, okay. This guy thinks that all Christians, just by proxy, by some sort of, I guess, telepathy, all decided to to just celebrate this All Saints Day on the same time every year. You mean everybody just decided this all at once? It wasn't until I read further where what he's really referring, when he says Christians decided, he really means Catholics decided. Mm-hmm. And this is the whole concept. There's a whole back history to this thing. And a lot of people don't, I mean, just to give a quick overview, they don't understand that uh, Babylon, of course, this is where you're, you know, you're worshiping the Semiramis, Tammuz and Nimrod connection and all this. They were worshiping, the, worshiping them as gods. God comes down and actually separates their languages and they're still worshiping the same gods, but now they're calling them all by different names. So this is where you start to begin to have all the different pagan religions calling all these different gods by different names. But even even witches, and those evolved in Wicca, will tell you that all these different names are referring back to the same god or goddess. And there's a lot of evidence again on our website. If you go go to creationliberty.com. Just uh, click on the Halloween banner. If it's still October when you're listening to this, the Halloween banner's up there, and you can you can find out uh, all the reference details to that. But you see what happens is the Rome comes along with all these pagan nations, starts taking them over, and they want to put all their governments under one umbrella, which is Rome, and all their religions under one umbrella, which is the same thing. And then when Catholic the Catholic Church starts by Constantine trying to you know usurp the throne of Christ, which he can't do, but he tries to take it over. And he creates a brand new religion on its own and basically is just putting it all under the umbrella of Rome. And so all these religions are now under one umbrella, which is what the Catholic Church has been doing since the days of Rome continually is trying to create this one world religion where everybody, you know, God is just this loosely defined term. The traditions of Halloween are carrying on the same pagan traditions that many wicked people that were even doing human sacrifices and things like that. It all carries over and it's done so through the Catholic Church and then by a bunch of leavened churches who are not following God's word and following after the traditions of men.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Chris, we're going to go more into some of these pagan practices that are in the background of Halloween when we come back from the break. And I also want to ask you, you know, what does this say about today's church? But let's go ahead and take our first break. Listeners, today my guest is Christopher Johnson, and he is the founder of Creation Liberty Evangelism. And we'll be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show. <laughs>
2: thousands of years, People from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order, two. plus give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147, 800-430-4147, 800-430-4147.
3: You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have 5000 10000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis.
2: 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today, my guest is Christopher Johnson. He's the founder of Creation Liberty Evangelism, and we're discussing Halloween. Is it really just a harmless night of scary fun? So, Christopher, you started to touch on the background of Halloween, but before we go further, so what does this say about the church today? What's it like in reference to say, like Pastor Wilson?
1: Well, it says, well, first of all, well, he calls himself a reverend on there. That's a whole other topic, I guess, I don't <laughs> want to get into, of people trying to call themselves a reverend. The word reverend was only made as a description of God in the Bible, but men are trying to take that on themselves. And the the thing was, this this guy, uh, this Wilson uh, up at this church, the problem is that you've got a bunch of people that love their pagan happy fun time. I mean, this is something that I, I would have to say a lot of people, they experience some fun times doing these things when they're children and so they get an emotional attachment to it or as parents are doing these fun things with their children and the parents get an emotional attachment to it so whatever emotional attachment they have to this excited celebration is really what they're defending here it's not it's not okay is this acceptable to the lord jesus christ it's well we really want to do this and so how can we make it how can we you know justify this in our minds to make it you know to tell ourselves well this is okay with god and that becomes the problem is that we're going to continue to, uh, I mean, it, it celebrate paganism and witchcraft, which is strictly forbidden. I mean, the Bible makes it very, very clear that we're not supposed to have anything to do with this. I mean, if you just go to you know, basic places like Deuteronomy chapter 18, it says there not shall, be, not, shall be found any among you that use a divination or is an observer of times or enchanter or a witch – And in 2 Kings 17, they said that those that use divination and enchantments and those kind of things, that's doing evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. I don't see how people, when when the Bible says that those things and the traditions of the people that do those things are are evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoke him to anger, turn around and say, well, this is okay with Jesus if we do this.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Now, in your article, you talk about a uh, and it's the article's called Halloween are Christians lovers of death and you talk about a demon name I believe it's something like Sowin. Mm-hmm. Can you explain the meaning behind this and how that pertains to um, Halloween? How that how that all ties in to what we know today?
1: Yeah, Samhain is what you call a witch's Sabbat, okay? It's or uh, basically a witch's holiday, and then you have things like you know December twenty-first. Uh, that's supposed to be the winter solstice, which Christmas is directly associated with that. And then you have the spring equinox on March twenty-first, and Easter is uh, based on that, based on the position, uh, the position or the uh, waning and waxing of the moon. There's a whole thing on that. We have articles on those uh, on our website. You can read more about those. But Halloween, October 31st, is Samhain. That's, that's the name of this, this holiday to the pagans. Uh, just whereas Christmas is Saturnalia, this one is Samhain. Okay? And uh, this quotation from a book called uh, Handbook of Contemporary Paganism says, quote, Halloween or Samhain, this is, the, uh, this is a celebration to honor the dead. Now before I continue, that that's why I call this our Christians lovers of death, because the Bible says that uh, God told us that all them that hate me love death. Well, if they if, if you're loving the things of death, then you hate God. I am not saying that. That's what the Bible's telling us. And this uh, this book continues and says, Salwin. Is the and and this is where if you're reading this off our website it might say Samhain it's S A M H A I N it's pronounced Samhain it says Samhain is the season during which the dying god sleeps in the underworld re- uh, awaiting rebirth and this whole thing connects together with. Christmas and Easter as the, you know, the sun god dies and then he has to be resurrected, born again. You know, that's that's like they try to, you know, connect that with the coming of Jesus Christ, even though they have nothing to do with one another. And then it continues on with the rebirth of him and him growing back up again. And they have a springtime and Easter and all that junk. So and this continues and says Samhain was on the one hand a time of propitiation, divination and communion with the dead an uninhibited feast of eating and drinking. Okay, that's what this whole thing was focusing on. And there's an, another, and I'll end quote there. There's another book called uh, the Temple, or excuse me, a website called Temple of the Goddess that explains more about that. It says, the theme of Hollow's Eve is honoring darkness, end quote. So this is, the whole concept of this is honoring darkness and death. Now, Samhain, there are, there are some pagans that refer to Samhain as a, 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 a god itself, so it's like they consider him the Lord of Death. And this is something that uh, I've had some some pagans write me before, really upset that I've talked about that. But the fact of the matter is that, that some of them do call Samhain the Lord of Death and Evil Spirits. Okay, And on top of that, you've got a, the, the Lord of Death and the Lord of the Underworld in a biblical classification, in biblical terms, would be Satan himself. And this, is, this should be common sense and common knowledge to Christians. Now, of course, the, the average witch is going to object to that immediately and say, we do not worship Satan. Okay, I'm not saying that they believe they worship Satan. I'm saying when they worship the Lord of death and the Lord of the underworld, according to our knowledge of the truth in the Bible, who is that? Well, that's Satan. That's the devil. That's very obvious to Christians. They might deny that, but we as Christians ought to have enough common sense and understanding in our in our Bibles to understand that's who they're actually worshipping. It, whether it's direct or indirect, or whether they call him by that name or not, that's exactly who it's coming back to. And this is... A, uh, this is a quotation from a book called Wicca, A Year and a Day. It's 366 days of spiritual practice of the craft of the wise. That's what this whole book's called. And this author is a, a psychotherapist in Southern California. He's an initiate to tra- traditional Wicca. He says, quote, Witches traditionally associate the Feast of Samhain with two specific aspects of deity, the crone or the hag, and the lord of death who is also the lord of the underworld, end quote. Well, Okay, this is, I mean, you read in your Bibles in Hebrews chapter 2, it says, For as much as then are partakers of, uh, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. (laughs) Well, this this is pretty clear in the Bible that the same one that they're worshiping here is the same as Satan himself.
0: Now let's get into some of the practices. Uh, of course, the first one that comes to my mind is the dressing up in costumes, and this even Christians have made decision to wear costumes, whether it's for their harvest festival or their alternative festivals. What? Where did this practice to wear these costumes come from, Christopher?
1: Well, I mean, when I was trying to figure out this information, I needed some help on this because I was never involved in witchcraft or or Wicca or paganism or things like that. So I went to a book called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Witchcraft and and Wicca, which I thought, okay, this is a good place to start. It says in here, quote, "...Rang a neighbor's doorbell while dressed in a costume and greeted your neighbors with the word trick-or-treat, so you have participated in rituals." End quote. Pagans know full well that the rituals that are being carried on today are pagan, and, and it's it's practicing witchcraft is what it's doing. Now, the, the actual dressing up in costumes, the entire purpose behind that was that these people, uh, the, the Celtic Druids, and a lot of the places where these came from, like the Gauls in Germany— All those people were summoning demons. They were summoning for spirits. They were trying to use divination, communing with the spirit world, and bringing forth familiar spirits. All these things which are condemned in the Bible. Okay. They were bringing these things forth, and many times they would get demon-possessed themselves. So because they were so afraid of this, they wanted to say, well, maybe we can trick these demons. Maybe we can trick these evil spirits by dressing up as evil spirits ourselves. That way they'll think that we're one of them, and they'll bypass us and go possess somebody else. And that was the entire purpose of dressing up to begin with. And so this is, this is something that's being carried on by the average church building and I don't understand why they think that this is not going to be offensive to the Lord Jesus Christ when they're doing the the very things that the Bible very clears out are sinful.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what about um, carving jack-o'-lanterns out of pumpkins? What's wrong with that, and where did that practice come from?
1: Well, that one would be pretty much flat-out idolatry when it comes down to it. The The story in general is there's a... It was. It came around. There was this legend of a damned soul that he was so wicked he couldn't go to heaven or couldn't go to hell, and so he, what he would do is float around in in on this in the world trying to scare people all the time. And this was the time, you know, October being you know coming around to the Sawan festival. That this was supposed to be the time that he was going to frighten the most people or possess the most people, and so. This, in the uh, Encyclopedia of Witches, Wiccan, uh, Witchcraft and Wicca, it says, quote, Jack-o'-lantern is known by various names, including uh, Will-o'-the-Wisp and Corpse Light in England. Corpse Light sounds like a very Christian name. Mm-hmm. I'm being facetious, of course. And Fairy Light and Foxfire in England. According to most legends, the Jack-o'-lantern is a wandering soul who has been denied entry both into heaven and hell, end quote. Uh, so these are uh, multiple Uh, sources here that you can go onto our website and read this article and check it out for yourself but all the sources are pointing back to this is where it came from and and basically it started out as like small things like rutabagas that were very easy easy access to to use and they would carve faces in them it was supposed to be used as a charm in order to scare away the the damned souls and so this is a, a a charm or an idol That's being created from this. And then you have churches all over the place because later once they moved into other areas, things like pumpkins would be used in order to carve these faces in there. They're used as these charms to keep away evil spirits. But yet you have – I've seen a lot of these churches out there having pumpkin sales, encouraging people to, hey, carve your jack-o'-lanterns, buy our pumpkins here to raise money using – on the backs of pagans and witches – and their ritualistic practices i don't see any reason why christians should be doing that and where are the elders of these churches to have the discernment to say guys we should not be doing this at all right
0: well we got to go to our next break soon but before we do that i want to ask you what what is this thing with the witches and the pointed hat you talked about that in your article what was the reference behind witches and pointed hats what did that mean
1: yeah, supposedly the reason it's a, like a cone shape on the top like that is because it's supposed to be almost like an antenna to where this uh, crone goddess that I mentioned in a quotation earlier—that that one of the representations of this uh, this uh, you know pagan holiday—the crone goddess was supposed to be giving them wisdom, and so this was supposed to be like an antenna to where they would gather more wisdom from their pagan deity to pour into their minds, which is it's you know it's, it's totally ludicrous and evil, but this is what they believe, and that's where that originally came from.
0: Okay. Well, listeners, today my guest is Christopher Johnson. He's the founder of Creation, Liberty Evangelism. We're discussing Halloween, and we'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show.
2: If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. One quick 10-minute call could help you solve your student loan problems. So call right now. Not available in all states. Payments may vary based on income. 855-351-FAST. 855-351-FAST. 855-351-FAST-FAST.
4: There are three letters in the alphabet that strike terror in most of us. These are the three letters you need to avoid at all costs. I-R-S If the IRS is coming after you for $15,000 or more in back taxes, you don't want to fight them alone. You need the help of the tax resolution experts at U.S. Tax Relief. They've helped thousands of people like you eliminate up to 85% of their delinquent taxes. If you qualify, U.S. Tax Relief can settle your tax debts for less than you owe, remove penalties and interest, and protect you from bank levies and garnishments. If you owe the IRS at least $15,000 in back taxes, call U.S. Tax Relief now for a free consultation and see how much money they can save you. Call 800-989-1694, 800-989-1694, 800-989-1694, 800-989-1694.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today, my guest is Christopher Johnson. He's the founder of Creation, Liberty, Evangelism. Christopher, would you like to give out your website? And also, if you want to point out any kind of special articles or videos or anything that you have on your site that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, sure.
1: There's uh, if you just go into creationliberty.com dot com and type in the word Halloween to the search bar. If you don't see the big banner because we always keep that up around Halloween, you can just click on that. But you can go in and read more about that. And uh, not only that, there are some uh, there's some one page. We we made some PDFs that are one page printouts that you can hand out at churches. Uh, they're specifically for churches to try to teach them a a general overview truth about what they're participating in. Uh, there's also another uh, gospel tract that you can fold and, and hand out with candy. The way we designed it is that you can cut it and then fold them, and uh, one side has information about what Halloween really is, and the other side actually has the gospel message and the law written down to them, so you can uh, help get people saved. Because that's the only reason I could think of that Christians should be involved in any of these practices is in order to uh, in order to you know preach the gospel, hand these things out, and try to evangelize on these nights. And I would I would continually um, ask Christians to pray for your communities, uh, for safety, because this is one of the the biggest nights that uh, there's a lot of violent crimes. They, they skyrocket on Halloween night. Pray for your communities and for your neighbors, and uh, pray for protection of your home. And, and also, uh, don't be afraid to go out and sp- and share the gospel. And if, you, if these tracks are helpful to you, they're free, they're available on our website. And if you want to learn more about uh, paganism in general, we also have articles on Christmas and Easter that'll help out a lot with that.
0: Thanks, Chris. Now you mentioned the Ouija board in your article. Is this just a harmless game board, or what's the uh, story behind that?
1: Oh no, the Ouija board is one that. uh, Well, I'll I'll give a description of it because I was uh, looking this up this week. I I just added some more information to to this article this week that you guys can get access to. And again, when you're when you go into the website, you can copy and paste. I've designed it to where you can copy and paste that. Copy and paste the quote and the references all in one. So it's easy access to put in emails on forums, wherever you want to share this with people. Um, So I hope that helps all of you. But let me read this one from a book called Alistair Crowley and the Ouija Board. Now, before I begin, for those of you who don't understand who Alistair Crowley was, uh, go to creationliberty.com, type in the word music or type in the word rock, and there's an article that will come up called uh, What's Wrong with Christian Rock? This gives a background history on Alistair Crowley and who this man was. This guy in his book bragged that he would uh, sacrifice, on average, about 150 young male children a year. Uh, This guy was a total pedophile and homosexual, and and he brought Satanism. He was the strong bringer of Satanism into what it is known as today. And uh, I'll read you this from this book. Quote, Grady Lewis uh, McMurdy was the previous world leader of Aleister Crowley's infamous fraternity known as Ordo Templi Orientis. He had been one of Crowley's students Uh, Since the early '40s, and had met the Great Beast. The Great Beast was a. This guy was so wicked. This is a common name he's known by around the world. He had met the Great Beast numerous times while serving as a young army officer during World War II. He says I met Grady in 1977, and he spent some time in my house in Connecticut on several occasions. During one of our many talks on magic, the conversation drifted into spiritism and ghost hunting. Now, remember, Aleister Crowley is was heavily into some very dark, deep, wicked magic. This continues and says, however, one topic made Grady extremely serious. When I mentioned the Ouija board and asked his opinion on its use, without hesitation, he stressed strongly that it was his and Crowley's belief that it was not to be a toy a toy to be played with lightly and that the average person walks on dangerous ground when using the board, end quote. This is not something to scare people into it. The fact of the matter is, and I, I have to uh, kind of apologize for something I said just a, a, a little bit before the break there. Um, when i When I described it as ludicrous when we were talking about the point it had i don 't want to get into saying that too much because a lot of Christians, what they do is they write this stuff off as stupid. Well, if we write it off as stupid, we are ignoring the spiritual battles that are going on in the unseen. The Bible talks about it continually, that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world. We're fighting against the unseen enemy, the spiritual battle. And the ver- the fact of the matter is that there's something that the devil is giving or the demons that are working for him. Are giving to these Ouija boards when people use them, and I've got a I've, on the article. I've got a video here of like a fifteen second commercial they used to play back in the early nineteen nineties. I remember seeing it when I was real little, uh, seeing this. You know, there's oh, this nonchalantly, we're just playing around with this board and it's just fun, no right. problem. And they still advertise it like that today.
0: It's pretty scary. What, you gonna say? Go ahead.
1: Okay. Well, the the thing was that. Uh, I've got an image on here too of a guy who was uh, messing around with this on on YouTube there are some really scary YouTube videos I have links to a couple of them on here I don't necessarily recommend that you watch them but the the guy uh, now that YouTube's become more popular And people are starting to put more videos online within the past uh, five to ten years. This guy claimed he had a poltergeist in his house. And a lot of people, instead of the the triangle device they use, will sometimes use a shot glass on a Ouija board. So he places the shot glass onto his Ouija board. He gently presses, touches it with his finger to start to move it, and the thing just shatters right in front of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very strange things like this. And there are other videos showing people that are becoming very strangely possessed when using these things, and uh, this is this book from a quotation from this book, which uh, Witch's guide to ghosts and the supernatural says, quote, this is not to say that the Ouija board cannot create an open door to the spirit world through which a malevolent earthbound spirit or uninvited entity can come. It very well can end quote. And this is, a, a, again, from the Aleister Crowley and the Ouija board. It says, quote, Even nonbelievers who have attempted experiments have had strange, if not dangerous things happen to them, like the Ouija board. It doesn't matter whether you believe in the system or not. It simply works, end quote. Now, I'm not saying that everybody that's ever touched a Ouija board is going to experience these things, okay? Because you have some atheists that come on there and they say, oh, see, I, I play with this thing and nothing happened. It doesn't – but you see, you're rolling the dice, And it doesn't matter whether you believe in the system or not. It can still affect you whether you know it or not. And if you have one of these Ouija boards in your house, my advice to people would be to burn that immediately. Don't sell it. Don't give it away. Don't bury it somewhere. Burn it. Okay? Because, I mean, God, (laughs) again, Deuteronomy 18, he says, Thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of these nations. He's talking about these heathen, wicked nations that were worshiping demons in many different places that use divination their consultor with familiar spirits and all these that do these abo- uh, do these things are an abomination unto the lord
0: now christopher the kids go door to door and they say trick or treat what is the origin of this term trick or treat
1: well the trick or treating is <laughs> It's mostly that the druids would – and a lot of uh, – this kind of gets into the druidic um, human sacrifices they were doing because the, the origin of this is where the druids would, would be looking for a human sacrifice. They would go to homes to demand a human sacrifice. Now if the uh, – they would not give them one, they would instead turn around and start casting dark spells on their household. And in many of these places, uh, you know, these things, strange things were happening around their houses, just like people playing with the Ouija board. The same kind of strange things are happening in these houses when you have all these pagans going around trying to infuse all these demons in these places. So, uh, many people either would give them a sacrifice or try to resist in one way or another, but they're going to get the sacrifice no matter what, one way or another. And that's where the whole trick or treat thing really started, um, because i mean there's a lot of quotations i could i could read you here but i know we don't have time for them uh but you see the almost every single thing that people are doing that christians themselves uh, sad, sadly and very shamefully christians are running out and doing willy-nilly as if it's it doesn't mean anything at all nearly all of them are connected to pagan witchcraft in their origin
0: mm-hmm. what are some of those can you read a couple of those quotations on the trick or treat. Well,
1: the, they're going back and well, of the trick or treating, it's that really wasn't what I was going to focus on as much mm-hmm. as much as it was the the uh, druidic origins about the mm-hmm. sacrifices where they were coming from, and that's why I didn't know if we had time to get into that yeah, or not. Go
0: ahead, and if you have a couple of them there.
1: Well, yeah. the uh, the druidic sacrifices is one of the, th- and I guess when we get into that, the problem with it is, is that the the average pagan and witch. Will not. Uh, they don't really want to talk about that. There are a few of them that will come open and uh, come forward and say, "Yes, druids were doing human sacrifices." Most of the ones I've run into absolutely refuse to admit it. But I have a lot of documentation on our website. In fact, I even added more today than I had before, uh, proving this over and over. And uh, one of them, and this is from World Book Encyclopedia, says, quote, On the evening of the festival, the Druids, who were the priests and teachers of the Celts, ordered the people to put out their, fi- their hearth fires. The Druids built a, a a huge New Year's bonfire of oak branches. By the way, the, the tradition of bonfires, that's where that comes from. The Druids, they would go out to a graveyard, build a big bonfire, dig up graves, and try to help people's spirits go up into heaven. Now, how how— you know a, a pile of dirt can block a spirit i have no idea but that's what they believed mm-hmm. and they said this was going to bring the their souls guide them up into uh, some other spiritual realm and so every time they have bonfires out there that's what that's the tradition they're carrying on this continues, and says, they burned animals, crops, and possibly even human beings as sacrifices. Then each family relit its hearth fire from the New Year's fire. During the celebration, people sometimes wore costumes made of animal heads and skins. Again, that was to scare off all the demons, that they were—they were all these spirits they're bringing forth. They f- told fortunes about the coming year by examining the remains of animals that had been sacrificed, end quote. And it wasn't just animals. I don't know if some of you have ever seen, uh, I, I remember there was a movie, um, a long time ago, the Robin Hood movie with um, the Kevin Costner in it. And they, they uh, when I was young, I remember seeing this, and there was this witch in the movie, and she would, you know, throw these bones out and try to read the bones. That's the kind of divination they were trying to do. And there were human sacrifices being done. That's where the uh, the 1973 movie, The Wicker Man, they made a, a, in 2006, they made a remake of that movie, is based off these Wicker Man cages that they would build. They, it's like a wicker basket, but they would make a, a big structure in the shape of a person, and they would put human beings inside of it. They would light it on fire, burn them all As a sacrifice, and when the bones were done, when they when everything was done, you know, cooking, and the bones were laying on the ground, they would they would try to read the bones as they were scattered in the dirt to try to uh, use divination. That's they're trying to see into the future or commune with the spirit world through these things, and that was the origin. Of where this trick-or-treating was coming from, as they're going door-to-door looking for human sacrifices to put into their wickermen, or take to the to Stonehenge, which is the place that's been uh, it's been recently discovered that there are over fifty thousand human remains below Stonehenge, where they were doing these sacrifices. It's
0: pretty scary. Okay, Christopher, we were going to go ahead and take our last break. Listeners, today our guest is Christopher Johnson of Creation, Liberty, Evangelism. We're discussing Halloween, and we'll be back shortly on the True Seekers Radio Show.
2: thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Acai Berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Acai Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Acai Diet is loaded with pure organic Acai extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order, two. Plus, give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147. 800-430-4147. 800-430-4147.
3: You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, 10000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis.
2: 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers radio show today. My guest is Christopher Johnson, founder of Creation, Liberty, Evangelism, and we're discussing Halloween. And you should visit his site, creationliberty.com. And his article that we're discussing tonight is Halloween, Our Christians, Lovers of Death. You know, Christopher, before we went to the break, you were talking about the bones that they found at the Stonehenge site. And, you know, I found it interesting in your article, you say in your research that you found out that about 10% of all missing person reports are on or around the time of Halloween. I think that is pretty scary. Do you think that's just coincidence? And in your opinion or in your research, is there anything to suggest that maybe this human sacrifice stuff is still going on today?
1: Well, of course it's not coincidental, and, and absolutely I've heard uh, stories of this. Now, I've not been able to document a whole lot because there's not a whole lot to document based on some testimonies, and I would love to get some more of these. But I have heard of testimonies of uh, – is, is usually um, the most testimonies I've heard are out in remote places like in the mountains. They have uh, areas where people are kidnapped. They go missing. And are taken off to some t- satanic altar in order to be sacrificed. I've heard many stories about this stuff, but I, I don't want to get into too many stories because I want to be able to verify some things that I'm talking about. Not right. give just hand out information. People said, "Well, I heard him say this." <laughs> I don't. I want to have some more verifiable information that you can really, um, really. It's more more substance to it. But of co- but the violent crimes would be no coincidence. I mean, how could it be? If you go back uh, on, on our website, we we posted this a few days ago. There's a, uh, in Boston, there was a general overview. They, they keep records of all the uh, violent crimes that are happening. And uh, this is, I'll read you this quotation from this article from Boston.com. It says, quote, The chart below displays the four-year aggregate number of serious violent offenses that occurred in Boston between the hours of 6 p.m. and midnight, which is the main time Halloween is celebrated, all from 6 p.m. when it gets dark all throughout the, the night. Continuing here, it says, as shown, Halloween night, with its make-believe ghosts but very real assailants, is the worst evening of the year for violent, uh, for violent crime victimization, end quote. So this is, if you look at the chart of what they're showing here, the Halloween night peaks out to almost triple the amount of violent crimes that happen every day on average throughout the year. It triples that one night. How could that possibly be a coincidence uh, when this is happening now, I'm not saying that every person that's going to that goes out on Halloween night is going to be victimized. Okay, but your chances are a lot higher, and you're really rolling the dice with this stuff. You want to go out with your children, or let your children go out on Halloween night? Just because there's a lot of people around doesn't mean it's a it's a very safe thing to do. Okay, and I highly encourage people to travel in groups, but that's exactly what they what they do uh, on on television. And I I remember when I was a child, the Salvation Army they had you know training. Uh, training pamphlets that they were trying to hand out to parents to teach them how to keep their children safe on Halloween night. That's because they know, statistically, violent crimes are higher around those times. And there are other stories of people, um, very strange things, crimes that are being committed on those nights in particular, whether it's, uh, you know, pedophile kidnappings or all sorts of stuff is going on in this night, because there's a lot of demon possession going on. I mean, the witches... And uh, the the witches and the pagans and all this, they would not be doing these things in these particular time of years if they didn't feel like that they were getting some results, like the demons were actually giving them more power to do certain things. Now, as Christians, we would have the protection of our Lord Jesus Christ as long as we seek after his righteousness and we, we act according to his word and we pray continually. We'll have his protection and there's, we don't need to be afraid of those things. But we also ought to take precautions on some of this stuff uh, because, again— When Christians are going out and participating in these things, number one, we have to understand is that if we don't separate or, uh, separate ourselves from these things, we can bring curses upon ourselves. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says very clearly, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, Come out from among them and be ye separate," saith the Lord. That's sanctification, and touch not the unclean unclean thing, and I will receive you. But you have Christians saying all the time, "Well, it just—it seems like it's just a fun thing. It just seems like it's right to me to do." Yeah, but the Bible says there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death.
0: Right, and you know, even though if you think there's nothing wrong and you think it's light and it's harmless. Based on what you've told us tonight, there are some people that take this very serious, and I mean the people on the evil side dealing with the evil you know, spirits, demons, whatever you want to call it. This is their their celebration, and they take it quite serious. So even oh, though yeah. we might think it's a light thing, based on the research you've done, these people take this really serious. This is not a light thing by any yeah. means. It's- Just
1: real quick, there's a quotation I'll give you from um, a from this uh, author. She wrote a book called Family Wicca: Practical Paganism for Parents and Children. You know, trying to get this whole witchcraft thing into a family unit. She said, "quote We hosted a Salin Wright at the uh, at this covenstead she's talking about for a few years, and then we started celebrating at a camp. There are lots of great ritual sites in southwestern Arizona. That's where she lives. But we've settled upon one for Samhain, and we've been going there for almost two decades now. There's nothing like a dark, chilly, non-ordinary environment to give you a head start on understanding what Samhain is all about. And then she ends by saying, the scariest movies and commercial haunted houses pale by comparison, end quote. So she's saying the kind of things that they experience and do... All the the haunted houses and the scary movies and all that pale in comparison to what they actually do on Samhain. And the thing is, is she tries to sit back and say, well, you know, Hollywood and not just her, her, this pagan witch, as well as people like this Wilson guy, who's, who's this pastor of this church up there have both said the same thing. Well, it's basically Hollywood has ruined a lot of this, and we're going to try to turn it back into something else. Hollywood and pop culture have ruined nothing, because Hollywood and pop culture don't have to be around for pagan practices to be to be wicked. Okay, We don't need Hollywood to tell us, well, hey, these things are wicked, so we shouldn't do them. Hollywood is never going to give us any kind of truth, okay? They're going to give us the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying that you know, whatever Hollywood and pop culture are doing is irrelevant. We should be focusing as Christians what would please the Lord Jesus Christ. And participating in witchcraft rituals would not please the Lord Jesus Christ. At least that's what my Bible says.
0: Now I want to we're we're getting low on time. So here's something I want to ask you about. Now you say in the article on a church website, it said that Christians should not judge those that don't have convictions about celebrating Halloween. What do you say about that? And then you mentioned Matthew 7.
1: Is there a, convictions? Where, where, where is this coming from? I'm sorry.
0: In your article, you talk about that there was a Christian or a church website that basically oh, okay. was saying Christians should not judge those that don't have convictions about yeah. celebrating Halloween.
1: Yeah, the Christians, they shouldn't judge. That comes from the, um, you get some of the Christians that are like, don't judge me, don't judge me, don't judge anything. (laughs) Even though the Bible says, he who is uh, spiritual judgeth all things, the Bible tells us, okay? Jesus Christ told us that we were supposed to judge things. In Matthew chapter 7, we have a whole article about that, actually. If you just type in the word judge at creationliberty.com, there's an article called Unbiblical Cop-Outs, Don't Judge Me, okay? (laughs) Because Because the thing is, you have people, you can come by and you can go to someone and say, uh, hey, you're not right with God on this. And they'll say, don't judge me. But then you can come back the next day and say, hey, you look really, really nice in that outfit. And they'll go, oh, thanks. Right. So they're hypocrites. They only like certain types of judgments that tickle their ears. But you see, they don't like to have biblical rebuke. And that's really the problem that's coming in. Uh, so when these people say, well, we shouldn't judge anyone that doesn't have any conviction. Look, we're supposed to judge all matters, okay? We're just not supposed to judge hypocritically. And if you don't celebrate you know, Halloween and paganism, you might find it a little bit easier to see the problems with it but the problem is is we have a lot of people that are involved with it so they're like well we shouldn't hypocritically judge others which is right they shouldn't they should get out of it first that would be the the main solution um but as you know, in, in Colossians chapter two, uh real quick it says, As as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted up and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, and after the rudiments that's the first teachings of the world, and not after Christ. Okay? And we're supposed to uh, the Bible warns us that in the last times in second or excuse me, first Timothy chapter four. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And so what's happening with a lot of these people, they have their conscience seared. They don't have any conviction about that because they have not exercised their senses to be able to discern good and evil. And so what we need are people going around and prophesying. That's rebuke and exhortation and reproof and instruction and correction. That's what prophesying is. People going around and telling people the truth. We rebuke them sharply, not so we can be right. We rebuke them sharply, as the Bible says, so that they will be sound in the faith.
0: Okay, listeners, please visit creationliberty.com and read Halloween Are Christians Lovers of Death. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, audience. And I'll see you next week on the True Seekers Radio Show.